Welcome to the Pastor on the Beach podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Amlin, pastor at Lutheran Church of the Resurrection in Cocoa Beach, Florida. And each week I will be sharing a message from our worship services right here via this podcast. I hope you'll consider subscribing and share the podcast with your friends. We all need to hear words of hope once in a while. Well, thanks for listening. Here's this week's message. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. Jesus and his disciples went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Does anybody, I did this last night, nobody knew what I was talking about. There were some commercials back in the 90s for Isuzu. And the tagline was, stay within the lines. The lines are our friend. And then the car came in and just blew past all the lines. It was a really funny commercial. Apparently I'm the only one that never knew it. Um, (sighs) But it does set me up for the beginning of the sermon. Uh, Stay within the lines, the lines are our friends. I've been accused by my wife, aside from talking too long, um, of being an inside the lines kind of person. I tend to cross at the crosswalk. Are any other crosswalk crossers out here? If you don't, some of you are just not confessing it, I think. I tend to read the instructions and try to follow the rules and the norms of society. Yes, an enthusiastic yes from Kimberly. Thank you. I have certain expectations of others based on my own understanding for living in the world around me. Don't each of us have some expectations of others? Don't we have opinions about those who don't meet our expectations of how to dress or what punctuality looks like or how to parent a child? I confess also there's an ongoing joke with Larissa and I when there's a crying child at the store, take your child home and give him a nap. (laughs) It's truthfully us just looking for a nap. It is in my nature, this whole staying within the lines thing, and it can be challenging sometimes. It made me think about that because of this gospel reading, believe it or not. Today's lesson is one example of line crossing. 
Our story is set in a small village or a town called Capernaum. It's a fishing village on the north end of the Sea of Galilee. It's a ways in from the Mediterranean Sea. About 1,500 people, they say, lived there at the time. The fact that Jesus is teaching in the synagogue is interesting. At this point, we don't know whether Jesus is a rabbi in the traditional sense, and if he is, whether it's a title given to him out of respect or one that he has earned. Gathering for the Sabbath at the synagogue doesn't look like Sunday morning worship here. It probably looks more closely like our adult education or faith formation classes where everyone is welcome to speak. What is unique is that Jesus speaking is heard differently than the average contributor. We're told that they, those who were gathered around, were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Jesus speaks with authority because of who he is. Jesus speaks and God's word is present and active, crossing over the line between God and humans. To be in the temple means that a person is to be ritually clean. In Jewish culture, that means physically clean through washing in a ritualistic way, or if necessary, through making sacrifices before God. So what's odd about this story? Just then, just then, just then, there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit and he cried out. We don't know if the man was there and maybe he was hiding in the back, maybe he was in the kitchen just kind of listening and he jumped out or just then. And Jesus crosses another line. The use of the words unclean spirit here refers to a demonic spirit or beings that can inhabit places, people, or even animals. We'll hear about animals in another story of exorcism, right? The contrast the unclean spirit with the Holy Spirit that Jesus represents. And for the second time in Mark's gospel, we hear a proclamation of who Jesus is. The first, do you know when the first one was in Mark's gospel? At baptism. The first time we hear anything outside of baptism is the unclean spirit naming who Jesus is. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And in taking on the unclean spirit, Jesus crosses the line between the kingdom of God and the demons in order to save the man being used as a battleground between good and evil. Professor Caroline Lewis says the exorcism is Jesus' first healing act in Mark and firsts matter. Jesus crosses into those places and spaces where no one else is willing to go. That's God for the writer of Mark. That's God for us. And we can count on that. Indeed, the reign of God is present even when perceptions would present a different view. The gospel should startle us at times. What exactly is Jesus calling on you and me to do when we face down evil? How do we respond to evil in our world for the sake of the gospel? 
How do we respond to Jesus' call to be disciples and to follow him? How do we respond by living out our faith, loving our neighbor and loving God through all of this? There's a reason why commercials for suffering animals and starving children are so powerful. They grab us. They make us think. When you hear a story in the news about something that grabs you and offends you, that causes you even possibly to weep, what do you do about it? One option is certainly to give them money. I mean, you can get a t-shirt. There are a lot of great organizations doing great work in our world. And of course, the ELCA, our own church, responds to issues like hunger and world health. Our support of the ELCA through our benevolence dollars helps to ensure that a lot of good work is done to combat the visible and not so visible evil in the world. Too often we fail to act simply because we don't know what to do. One way that resurrection engages your faith is through service. I shared the idea of three great cares in a newsletter article not that long ago. The first care is the care of our congregation, that is, for each other. The second is care for our community, that which surrounds us, how we interact with the world immediately around us, and care for our world, the wider spaces around our country and around the globe. We will look for, look for and find opportunities to act, and we will continue to pray for the Holy Spirit to guide us in what that looks like. Want some place to start? Say yes to being a mentor for an at-risk youth. I'm sure our schools would be happy to point you to someone. Say yes to volunteering at a shelter or right here at Resurrection through our bike ministry or through our food pantry. Say yes to helping animals by volunteering at the Humane Society or another animal rescue like the horse rescue in Port St. John. What's the name of it? Heart, H-A-R-T. Say yes by being a prayer partner, joining our prayer chain, praying for the places in our community and our world where there is a great need. Say yes to volunteering in any of the many opportunities here at Resurrection. Say yes to being a part of a Bible study, as I invited you to earlier, to learn more about following Jesus. In Mark's Gospel, in each of the Gospels, we are called to move from knowing about Jesus to following Jesus more fully. It's okay to know, but it's also important to do. God calls us to speak truth into the darkness, to shine Christ's light into the darkness. We live in response to what God has first done for us. If you hear nothing else in my sermons in the past six months, I hope you've heard me say that we live our lives in response to what God has first done for us. God has already crossed over every line for you and for me. Something we'll be reminded of in a couple of weeks when I mark your foreheads with a cross using ashes, God crosses literally every line. Our sins are forgiven in Jesus Christ. We are promised new life, life eternal with God. 
God crosses all the lines for the sake of the world, for you and for me, and reminds us that we are loved, forgiven, and free. Perhaps that's the best expectation we can have for each other. May the Spirit lead you as you need to be led. Amen. Thanks for listening. I hope that this week's message has given you something to think about and given you hope that you are loved by God. To learn more about Lutheran Church of the Resurrection, please visit GoResurrection.com. If you'd like to support this podcast or any of the amazing ministries at Resurrection, please visit our website giving page. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Pastor on the Beach podcast.